Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. We're recording this um, extra bit of the year-end awards episode Later than we originally recorded it, so um, we're recording this on the evening of December 27. Um, as of now, it's been a few hours since we all woke up to the news that uh, Brody Lee, uh, known to WWE fans as Luke Harper, as the WWE social media outlet said, um, had passed away. Um, it, it, it was extremely shocking. Uh, a lot of us are still reeling from it. I basically spent my day going through the hashtag RIP Brody Lee um, on, on Twitter. And, um, you know, as, as a follower of his work, uh, it's really hard to put into words how, how to process this whole thing. Because uh, he was so young at 41 and he was at a point in his career where he was only beginning to really take off. So I don't know if I can compare this to the Eddie Guerrero death, but it really feels like it. I think you can because well, they're close to the same age uh, when they passed. So we still have 41 is still pretty young in the business. Uh, it's not quite your peak, but for some people, for some other people, you can still do a lot with it. And as, as we saw from Brody's AEW run, there was still a lot for him uh, on the table, right? Uh, there were still a lot more stories left to be told, and now we're never going to see them. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, with regards to Eddie's death, Eddie had already achieved so much at that point in his career. He's a former a truth, yeah. world champion, former tag team champion, and that many stories with Brody Lee. He's barely scratched the surface of what he could potentially do with AEW. It was only a few months after they revealed him at, to be uh, the exalted one for the Dark Order that he tragically passed away and even then we haven't been seeing him on TV that often so it, it's very sad to see all extent and I've spent my afternoon combing through the hashtag that said that of wrestlers just telling stories about how kind and loving and warm and inviting he is as just a person behind the scenes and how great a father and a great husband he is to his family and how everybody who was touched by him feels his loss. And, and that's what makes it more tragic to see that your favorite wrestlers, people you watch and admire, are actually people who make a connection with the people they work with. It's just, it's just sad to see somebody that loved go out like that. 
it, it, it truly is impactful. Yeah, it really says a lot about how um, how beloved he was. How I I I'm guessing he really was a, a genuinely nice human being behind the scenes. Now, uh, to have this outpouring of love from the entire industry, regardless of company lines, for everybody to just express yung sorrow nila, their grief at a time like this. Um, we haven't really had a lot of deaths um, of active wrestlers who were on TV by the time they'd passed away, diba? So. Um, you know, the closest in, uh, instances that come to mind are Eddie's, Benoit's, and Owen Hart's. And I guess of of all of those, yung pinakatumatak talaga sa akin was Eddie's because that was the one that I personally had witnessed as well. So, um, right now, a lot of people are uh, are still in shock uh, over over what had happened. And I think it's really inappropriate to start speculating about where this leaves the Dark Order, which Brody Lee had left behind, where, where this leaves them, diba? Right? I think it's I think it's too early to tell. First of all, it is still the holidays, regardless of when he actually passed away. So everything is pretty much on break at this point. Um, I don't know if they're actually shooting anything for TV or for Dark, but at this point, everybody's just on break. And everybody's still reeling. And this is the time where they all reset, and I think there's no better time to do that. Okay, uh, I will say one: you can't really stop people from speculating what's gonna happen uh, on TV, um, especially when he was heavily involved in a on in an ongoing story, right? So I don't know if they'll change over New Year's Smash and turn it into a one of those um, tribute shows where it's only voluntary for you to perform. Parang ginagawa ng WWE before pag may So I don't know. I don't know if that would be good. I don't know if that would be the best way to go. But I also want to say that um, I would say that. It's not super insensitive because I would like to see the Dark Order as uh, as a group, as a faction, as a story that Brody Lee's involvement made really more valuable. So I think a lot of people really care about where the rest of the group is going because of him, because of what he made the group to be when he arrived in AEW. So I don't want to say na insensitive to that. I think they're just really worried about where they want or where where the dark order is going to go after this that's just me yeah um if you're looking for a way to um commemorate the the life the career the legacy of Brody Lee um there are so many places you can go to for starters WWE tweeted out a couple of links um some excerpts to some documentary footage that they've had of him in his time in WWE um, if you go to Drew Gulak's Twitter, he actually started a Twitter thread with a couple of promos from Brody's days in Chikara. There's also that um, highly acclaimed steel cage match between Brody Lee and Claudio Castagnoli or Cesaro uh, from their days in Chikara, which you can check out. It's only 18 minutes, so it's a very tight steel cage match that you might want to check out. Um, personally, my favorite Brody Lee match has to be mga singles with Daniel Bryan, Lalana when he was Intercontinental Champion. Like there was just something about the way that those two clashed that really captivated me as a as an audience member, and I was also at the WrestleMania Access in 2019 where he faced Dominic Dijakovic. If you guys remember the time nayon, that was when uh when Brody was trying to get out of his WWE contract, and he was also very public about him not being at the WrestleMania card, so he was really torn up about that, and. 
when he was told that he would only be at Access, he was tweeting out na, Sige, uh, uh, this is all I'll get. I'll make this my WrestleMania moment. So, nagkataon, I was there on that day. When I found out it was Harper versus Dijakovic, I just rushed over there. And I was really happy that I was able to catch that match. So, yun, I have close-up pictures and videos of uh, Harper doing the big boot and then him getting the win. Um, really unforgettable for me as a fan of, of uh, Brody Lee. Uh, WWE also has a playlist on their YouTube account. Uh, it's, a, it's a Luke Harper greatest, greatest Hits playlist. So if you don't have the network or want to watch some, want to binge on Luke Harper stuff, then that, that is your destination for today. He also has a great episode on the Chronicle on the WWE network if you have it. So please check that one out. So yeah, um, zooming out, there are people who are more well-versed in indie wrestling, especially its history, than, than me. I, I'm, I'm not going to speak for Ro and Chino here. So you can probably ask them for some of the um, really memorable matches that Brody had in the independent scene. One thing is for sure, though, based on young tributes on social media, he really did a lot for the indie wrestling scene, especially during his time there in the mid to late 2000s, um, right before he signed with um, FCW and WWE. And up until yung time there with the Wyatts and him moving on to AEW, um, he, he was really special, someone really talented, especially a, a guy his size who could move like that. And we say that a lot about current talent, but Brody was pretty special. And I think all of the love and the grief that we're seeing on social media is a testament to what type of person he was both in the ring and out of the ring. So on that note, um, we're going to close out this segment of the podcast and get to the year-end awards. And we just want to say that uh, we are grieving with all of Brody Lee's fans, with his family, of course, uh, with his friends in the industry. And we want to thank Brody for all of his contributions to the industry. So rest in power, Brody Lee. Thank you for the memories. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zang. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stancy, Romaran, and Chino Liao together again to end 2020 finally with our year end awards. Um, bago tayo magsimula, do you guys remember last year Now we spent an entire afternoon in the studio tapos ngarag ngarag tayo and we were just surviving on the free coffee sa We Remote? I miss getting free coffee. I was thinking about the free coffee recently. Like, I really miss it. I can't believe we haven't, we haven't had it since March. Exactly, right? right so good. I remember uh, being uh, actually feeling sick because I'd had two or three cups in like a couple of hours. That was from the night before. And then I was going to be getting drunk that night at the wave party. So it was just a really long day. And I think one blessing I found na sa pandemic time pa rin tayo is at least um, my bed is literally beside me after we record I'm gonna lie down for a good half hour before I crank out these edits so you know has changed though because we're still getting drunk later. well yes we are, we are getting drunk and I'm waking up early pa rin tomorrow so yeah the only difference is I'm not driving 
yeah, poet din ako eh. So, all, all, nothing's, the more things change, the more they stay the same. As the saying goes, yeah. But um, as much as we'd like to say na um, a lot of the change is good, a lot of the change is actually really bad. So before we get to our year-end awards, we're gonna change things up a little bit and we'll tell you that um, we've eliminated one of our signature categories, which is the what the fuck moment of the year. And we have turned it into the 2020 wing for everything shitty. So we're basically compiling every shitty thing that happened in the wrestling industry in uh, in 2020 and as the years go by for whatever year that'll be and we'll just run them down because syempre hindi naman natin pwedeng ignore lang na nangyari yun but we also gotta recognize na tangina this year has just been so bad yep that's true yeah 2020 has been such a what the fuck year that a category doesn't do it justice so you just decided to all to just lump all these horrible things together and acknowledge that they happened because they, yep. they're so, so we'll start that with that happened. and then we'll proceed to the awards that way we don't end the podcast on such a dark note I mean um, I, I'm a fan of dark humor yes. but even I can't take all this darkness just oh there's no, nothing no, no. funny about no, there, these there's things nothing that, funny so. about any of these things at all <laughs> so, I don't know how you no, can no, find no, we humor can't, we can't. in so, yeah, uh, let's rip fun. off the band-aid and um, let's start off the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Year in Awards with the 2020 wing for everything shitty. Okay, um, we're going to start with Black Wednesday. We have to start there. Um, even though 2020 did not start with Black Wednesday, um, it was one of the biggest talking points of the year. And it really hurt a lot of us to, to an individual level, diba? Especially you and me, Chino, mga freelancers tayo. We know how it's like to be independent contractors right. and tossed aside just because hindi ka na kailangan ng kompanya. And that's basically what the WWE people who got let go and furloughed nung Black Wednesday felt. I mean, I don't want to dwell on a lot of these things for very long. Because if you want to hear our thoughts on the matter, I suggest you listen to the all the old episodes. Now that said, it happened. It was bad. And people lost their jobs. I really don't want to say anything more than what's already been said about this. Actually, one, one good thing about Black Wednesday, speaking from the perspective who has made it, from people who have made it to, 2020, uh, to December 2020, is that uh, the people who got released eventually ended up bouncing back. So uh, it was shitty, yes. It's shitty in principle. And we've already spoken about it at length, as Chino said. But we'd be remiss to say, uh, if we didn't say that, it also ended kind of well for a lot of the people involved. They, people managed to find new jobs, landed in new companies, so it's not all bad. Yeah, I mean, Drake Maverick got to turn it into a storyline. It led to his redemption arc on NXT, right? So I guess there's that silver lining. Okay, um, let's get to the next part of the 2020 wing for everything shitty, and that was the passing of a lot of wrestlers. Um, Hana Kimura, most notably, um, she she lost her life at the young age of 22 after the cyberbullying coming from yung appearances niya on Terrace House. Um, that was a big shitstorm in itself. Uh, we also lost the great Pat Patterson, Road Warrior Animal, Shad Gaspard in one of the saddest ways possible. Then, um, it, w- what a year for for wrestler deaths. Yeah, actually, my band like uh, Rocky Johnson and uh, Kamala, oh. right? So. It's just so, I mean, I guess the only, some of it is natural, but some of it, Shemper, is not, is not right. Like, Hannah's death wasn't right. Shad's death wasn't right either. 
and it's just contributed to an overall terrible year more than yeah. most uh it hurts it, it hurts having to write them down as part of the 2020 wing uh hannah especially uh since um we we've talked about this before but she was supposed to be the face of women's wrestling in the future and we're never gonna get that so um it, it breaks my heart to say that so there um okay the next part of the 2020 wing um the COVID 19 outbreaks in wrestling um especially in the state of florida we've also talked about this ad nauseum na Champagne naging hotbed sila for COVID outbreaks because one, Florida, and two, because a lot of companies were pretty lax in the way that they dealt with uh, COVID. So yeah, um, that shouldn't really be a surprise, should it? Yeah, uh, there's nothing more to say about this because I mean, COVID as a topic has been done to death. We've all experienced it this year. So um, there's not much more to say other than the fact that um, the bad part is malalala nga yung virus, but there are people still still denying it jesus i mean how can you live with yourself after how many people have died and suffered yeah that's the worst part for me um i i'm i'm particularly angry that there are wrestlers who are using their platforms so irresponsibly by uh spewing this anti-covid uh anti-covid this covid denying propaganda and um just really being irresponsible knowing full well na ang dami nilang followers who are probably drinking the same kool-aid may, may so, pro-covid ba that's is shit. that, is that- no, no, yeah, I, I made a mistake. No, no, no. Um, it's not denial so much as it is uh, downplaying its real effects. Like, okay, people are thinking that, okay, it's just a cold. You're going to live through it. But a lot of other people did not as well. And don't, they, they don't realize why this is a big deal. Or worse, yes. yung sinasabi nila na, uh, parang you don't really have to wear a mask. That's government propaganda. Yeah. Now, you know, it, it's already a political situation as it is, and yet uh, these are some of the same people who will say, "Na don't politicize everything." So, parang uh, ano ba, di ba? Ang sarap, ang sarap sa palindine. Eh. So there. All right. Next up on the list, you've got Jackson Riker exposing himself as a racist. So um, this happened not long after uh, the Black Lives Matter movement really um, took on a life of its own in the time of the pandemic. Um, I don't know what else um, to say about. Uh, the Jackson Riker thing that we didn't say last week, actually, because it's really disgusting that we keep seeing this dude on yeah. TV. Hopefully, it's only a matter of time until we don't see him. No, he's being pushed. Uh, he's really being pushed. Uh, yeah. Okay, next up. In getting to this part, we have to acknowledge that it happened and that uh, th- this thing we're talking about is the hashtag speaking out movement. Now, the movement itself is not shitty. I, I, I want to make that clear. Uh, the reason why it happened is what's shitty, and that's sexual harassment. Now, we're also not saying that sexual harassment nitong 2020 lang din nangyari. This has been happening since time immemorial. Um, and frankly, I'm surprised that it took three years after Me Too and a global pandemic for it to happen. But it happened, and the callouts uh, had a big effect. Like, you saw a lot of people lose their jobs, a lot of people um, get excommunicated from the wrestling industry. Uh, and and you also have, I, I guess, a little bit of a positive that there are some promotions out there who are really making an effort to clean house. Uh, Thunder Rosa talked about this on her guesting sa podcast natin um, with the work she does on Mission Pro Wrestling. So um, that that's one of the silver linings. But as a whole, um, the 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 some some of the effects of the hashtag speaking out movement, um, the fact that um, there is still a lot of um, I I would say uh, mudslinging and people trying to. Um, discredit the voices of survivors who have come out, um, it's it's still pretty troubling. Yeah, uh, it's not a problem that has been solved overnight. 
So the underlying root problem there is is still a pretty much shitty thing. Yeah. So there. Um. Again, we're acknowledging that um speaking the speaking out movement really took on its own life as well in uh, 2020. All right. Um, also on this wing is Braun Strowman making fun of the indie wrestlers who've been hustling on third-party platforms. Uh, this one really needed to be called out because in the wake of uh, one, Black Wednesday, and two, uh, another part of this list, WWE cracking down on their superstars making money from third-party platforms. Ang hirap nang kumita ng pera, and then WWE went out of its way to make it even harder for a lot of the talents who don't make as much money, and for someone like Braun Strowman to feel. So entitled to make fun of someone like Evil Uno or any other wrestler who needs Cameo or Twitch or, hell, OnlyFans uh, was really a bad look for a guy that was primed to be the next big babyface. Yeah, Kesho hindi siya dumaan sa platform, sa, sa environment na yun eh. So it was really bad look. It was really a bad look on him. But it's an even worse look on WWE as we, as we mentioned, uh, as we've talk, talked about at length as well. Yeah, uh, WWE also fired Zelina Vega just a couple of weeks ago, which was a big shock. Uh, but then again, wasn't super surprising given that she was one of those who openly opposed yung uh, crackdown nila on the third-party platforms. We're also seeing the burial of Alistair Black play out. We haven't really seen him on TV, and even before then, he'd been eating pin after pin. So really a bad look on WWE, especially with how they've treated the budgets. Uh, okay, last couple of things. Um, this is probably the last one na hindi necessarily kayfabe or storyline. Uh, Matt Hardy's dangerous bump to the back of the head. Uh, was this at All Out? Uh, all Out. Uh, yeah, I think it, it was. All Out, well, All Out, All Out. If it's All, yeah, it's All Out. Um, it, it was one of the AEW pay-per-views in which he faced Sammy Guevara. I'm sure you know the spot we're talking about. Yung, uh, Sammy Guevara speared him off of the the uh, tractor and Matt Hardy's head the back of it hit yung concrete really hard um, it, it's still gnarly just thinking about it and it remains a, a mind-boggling decision to me na they tried to finish that match pa rin. yeah and it's not just that Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara have also been in dangerous spots so it's really just shit luck at this point yep Okay, we're going to wrap up the 2020 wing for everything shitty with things that happened in storyline, in kayfabe. Because what the fuck pa rin naman sila. And they are um, just really bad decisions altogether. So you've got Raw Drafting Retribution, which um, in the words of Mustafa Ali, why would you invite Discord or Disorder into your house? Diba? Sobrang stupid talaga until now. Hindi ko pa rin siya ma-justify. Um, you also have... Rey Mysterio losing his eye on um, WWE television and WWE actually committing to this storyline all year to the point that until now, there's a black mark on his mask. Actually, wala na. Tarangal na Well, oh, it, mm, I actually haven't noticed, but eh. It's weird. It's weird that we got this storyline to begin with. Is it, well, you know what's even weirder? <laughs> Murphy and the Mysterio. <laughs> we forgot to mention that. Yeah, the, the mid-December right? relationship between uh, Murphy and Aaliyah Mysterio, which people have also openly criticized. You've also got Goldberg squashing the Fiend and basically killing his credibility for a good half year. That happened this year, guys. Goldberg became Universal Champion in the lead-up to WrestleMania 36. And um, finally, AEW's power rankings do not mean anything. It's pretty sad na. 
about a year after Dynamite debuted, the one thing that was supposed to really set them apart from WWE is the one thing that they couldn't commit to. And that's something that until now, even as a fan of Dynamite, I continue to criticize. So, sana man lang, they find a way to reconcile yung existence ng power rankings. Otherwise, wala, nagagaguhan na talaga tayo rito. Yep. Okay. So, that's it. Um, did I miss out on anything? Sure, there are stuff that we missed, but I think we've tackled a bunch of, or the, the top negative stories of the year. <laughs> yeah, we can all just, we can just all agree that 2020 was no, not a good not year. No, not at all. Yeah. Point, no, this is the point. But that being said, there were some good things to come yep. from it, right? It wasn't all community. Yeah, it shady. wasn't all you know, bad. There were bright spots. But there were bright spots in between, and that's what we we're trying to focus on. Yes, so we'll be support. recognizing all of the bright spots for 2020 in a bit. But first, let's tell you about our friends from Lazada and how they've really made an effort to make sure that your Christmas shopping is possible even in the time of the pandemic. And for us, all we've really been asking for as part of our Christmas wish list is that you use our Lazada affiliate link. So before you hit checkout on the Lazada app, again, the app, not the website, please go to tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x lazada. Again, uh, go click on this link, tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x lazada. That takes you to the app and every checkout and every product that gets delivered to your doorstep gives us a small commission to help keep the ship running uh, on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast and on Podcast Network Asia. Now let's take a moment to hear from our other podcasts here on PNA. Oh my god, look at this cute person listening to this podcast, oh. Right? So cute, grave. Good job to your parents, ha? By the way, this is Jam. And this is Dapsky. You like podcasts, right? Check ours out. We talk about... Henry Cavill. Oh yeah. Local music. Overthrowing evil overlords. Butts. Space. Witches. Space witches. Denial. Cats. Dogs. Cats and dogs. So if that floats your boat or flies your spaceship, check it out online and join us at Local Locus PH everywhere on social media. Sorry, Podcast Network Asia. <laughs> Alright, let's get to our first award and this is for Rookie of the Year. So, the way we define Rookie of the Year is if you're new to a bigger promotion, like you made the jump from a smaller promotion to something bigger. For example, you went from ROH to WWE, you're a rookie. You go from um, Evolve to NXT, that makes you a rookie. You get called up to the main roster, that makes you a rookie. Ano pa ba yung definition natin of rookie? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Basta uh, you jump from... You, you jump to a show with a bigger audience. All right. So there. Uh, that's what uh, qualifies anyone for being the Rookie of the Year. So, okay. I'm going to start with mine because my Rookie of the Year pick is actually from out of left field. And it is the WWE Thunderdome. So, uh, the Thunderdome made its debut sometime right around SummerSlam. And I got to say, it actually improved the viewing experience for wrestling in the, th- in the time of the pandemic. Um, I'm at a point where when I'm watching Impact, it feels so hollow. Because walang crowd, walang reactions, and anything. And even though sa Thunderdome it's piped in, it kind of normalizes the experience of watching wrestling, which is all I can ask for at a at a weird time like this. So I'm gonna have to give my Rookie of the Year award to the Thunderdome. That's kind of unfair, but okay. 
<laughs> so di naman siya wrestler. Okay, should I have picked a wrestler? If I'm gonna pick a wrestler, uh... I'll pick Pat McAfee. <laughs> okay. Pretty obvious pick naman si Pat McAfee. He, he really made us care about the Undisputed Era turning face. And he's such a heat magnet. Like, ang sarap niyang sapakin. And um, the, the two matches he's been involved in, he's way better than, uh, than most rookies. Uh, to think na this is a guy whose body was already beaten up by professional football. And, you know, he made so much money in seven different industries, as he likes to say on, on NXT. The fact that he's willing to do all this crazy shit, like getting in the ring with Adam Cole or taking a, doing a swanton bomb off the top of the, the war game cell, uh, really shows how, one, how good Pat McAfee is, and two, how he really gives a damn about the industry. So you have to respect that. He was a punter, so his body was not that beat up from football. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah okay. you don't tackle the country. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't know. I, I don't know. Clearly. Like, yeah, anyway, okay, my rookie of the year is Leon Ruff. Um, Pat McAfee can say, okay, you can make a case for him. And I wouldn't be mad because he was a non-wrestler doing wrestling. But Leon Ruff was a literal jobber, enhancement talent that they bring in. Going from that to a Cinderella run as champion, which means matas uh, yung ano nila yung confidence nila sa kanya as a worker. So I think um, maybe there is, maybe there won't be, but I think there are good things in store for Leon Ruff. My rookie of the year also goes out to Leon Ruff for all the things mentioned. This guy was just being beat up mercilessly on NXT TV and not two months after he's become a former a, a cur- a, the current NXT North American No, champion. former, former. Yeah, I mean, he, he, it was only like two months after he's been jobbing where he suddenly walked away with the title. Everybody thought that it was a mistake that people didn't know what they were doing. But you see this guy perform. He's actually very charismatic. He comes off well. On, on TV, and it's actually easy to like him. It's very easy to like him because he's a smaller... He's always going to be the smallest dude in the ring, no matter who you put him up against. So it's always just easier for you to cling on to that. Here's a fun fact. Earlier this year, when Alistair Black was still black-massing random people because he was still in some sort of push, Leon Ruff was one of his victims. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've seen Leon Ruff in many spots. Uh, before, mm-hmm. so there. Uh, congratulations to our rookies of the year. So, it's different this year. We're not um, we're not focusing on just one winner. We've all picked a winner each, and then we're justifying it. So yeah, let's uh, move on to the most improved category. I think this one is self-explanatory. And for my most improved, I've got, uh, I've got a promotion as a pick, and I've got a wrestler as a pick. So for the promotion, it's actually Impact Wrestling. Kait na sobrang uh, last minute entry niya. You gotta admit the fact that they were able to pull in so many viewers following Kenny Omega's AEW World Title win. Just the very idea of the crossover was was so huge. Um, it, it was a game changing move for Impact Wrestling, and the fact that we're watching it now, we're paying attention to it really says na it was a step in the right direction. So I think that's uh, that deserves the most improved distinction. As for the wrestler, it's got to be Jey Uso for me. Because we never thought that Jey Uso could succeed as a singles wrestler. Now, this probably wasn't the plan because he was always just meant, uh, probably just meant to be a tag team guy with Jimmy. But they're twins. How do you break twins apart? How do you make one a single star? Apparently, 
it took a Jimmy Uso injury for them to discover that Jay Uso is capable of being fire on the mic and capable. You make them date John Cena. That's how. <laughs> okay, uh Nikki Bella jokes aside, um, they they were able to really put Jay Uso on the map as a main eventer. Uh, there's a reason why his nickname is now Main Event Jay Uso. So I'm really happy for the success he's found. And even though he's not necessarily a main eventer right now, I we we all can tell that the story is headed to in that direction where he will be back in the main event scene. Right. We have the same answer anyway, so I'll speak for the both of us. Uh, Lana, okay, okay, okay. Lana is my most. I actually favorite. added to mine. Uh, uh, going going go off um, the trend of non-wrestlers learning wrestling, as as with Pat McAfee, Lana is actually out there performing to her best uh, extent. Right, uh, she is out there nailing all her spots. Uh, it's not like she's going out there and wrestling like Kelly Kelly. So uh, I think if she keeps up at this rate, uh, she's going to, if she decides to keep up in like uh, for a few more years, I think she's going to be uh, one of those uh, successful non wrestlers turned wrestlers like Trish Stratus. Right. Okay. So my answer actually was also Lana, but just right now. I realized that the perfect pick for most improved right now would be NXT UK. Uh, simply okay. because nobody knew if they were coming back at the start <laughs> of this pandemic. And they came back with a vengeance. They've been delivering killer matches. They even came up with a new tournament format for all the newbies to get onto, which is the Heritage Cup. Right? It's it's something different that nobody's expected. And for that reason alone. That they were able to reinvent themselves in the middle of a pandemic it makes them deserving of most. Yeah, of I think people. they did reinvent themselves because a lot of their roster actually got cut from the effects of the right. speaking out movement. Right? Travis Banks is gone. Uh, Ligero is right. gone. I'm I'm not sure who else was gone. Uh, so, but you know, um, uh, their roster really took a hit after speaking out. So I actually agree with uh with that distinction, Chino. So yeah, let's move on to our next category, which is the struggle. Ro, I'll let you take this one. All right, the struggle is for those who don't know, who for those who are tuning in to these awards for the first time, uh, people or things or divisions even or shows even that have taken quite the hit uh, this year. So it's the opposite of most improved, basically. Uh, my pick for the struggle is Rey Mysterio. Because when Ray first came back last year, I think people were all hyped for him. People were all excited that the legend was back. And he looked good. He was wrestling well. Uh, he didn't feel like he was as beat up as he was before. But now, after a long-ass feud with Seth Rollins... And I losing think, his eye. Uh, losing his eye. Uh, and having his daughter uh, get hitched or get or hooked up with, uh, with a guy almost half... Uh, as old or more than half as old as she is, uh, people are kind of sick of Rey Mysterio again, like they were back in the late two thousands. So that's a bad that's a bad thing for him for a legend like that. So yeah, Chino, uh, what is your pick for the struggle? My pick for the struggle is actually the Dark Order. Um, they started out the year so strongly with Brody Lee being the number one contender. 
for the AEW title and then losing and then being the number one contender again for the TNT Championship and then winning it, yes, but losing it right after Cody comes back. Now, the Dark Order is supposed to be this religious cult of, of sorts with this ominous feel that they try to bring in the ring. Now, that being said, when you watch them uh, being the elite and all this other online content that AEW produces, it's hard to take them seriously with all the comedy crap they try to pull. Yeah, I'm exactly. not saying... I'm not saying that all the time. But it's hard for me to take somebody seriously when A, they make them job out as constantly as they do, and B, they make them do so many irrational, inconsistent things on YouTube shows that don't even have anything to do with, with the main product. It's, they're telling the story away from dynamite which is very perplexing because it makes people want to have to watch this other product which is not really that important um, my pick for the struggle um it's a tie between the aew women's division and retribution so first off young women's division uh we've talked about this before on the podcast but it, it seems like nobody cares about the aew women's division whether you're the fans or the people writing the stories. Now, granted, they started making us care later on in the year, but for much of it, wala, parang um, Hikaru Shida would be on a pay-per-view, pero yung story niya doesn't get fleshed out until like a week before the show or like days before the show. Sobrang walang kwenta, and it's hard to get invested in Shida's long title reign when we don't really care about her as a character. We don't care about the challengers. Yeah, they brought in Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa to beef up yung division, pero... Um, but they, they haven't really been giving them much time. I, I, I don't care about AEW Dark. Give them time on Dynamite. You have enough time for a lot of uh, a lot of segments in between the matches. Why not devote some of them to the women's division? It's funny. It's funny how you say Dark because she has actually been making a few Dark appearances, which is the most what the fuck thing ever because she's a champion. She's the leader of the women's division. And you're putting her uh basically you're basically putting her yeah, over you're putting for no her, you're putting her like, on why, the why? online version of Velocity or Sunday Night Heat. Exactly. I mean it's not it doesn't make her special right. anymore. So there. So I totally the other uh the struggle award goes to retribution. And well, we've already whined and bitched and moaned about them throughout the year. So let's just pour one out for the careers of Mustafa Ali. Dominic Dijakovic, Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, and Mia Yim. Oh, I'm, uh, that's where I'm going to dispute. I don't think uh, it's the end just yet. I, I, for some reason, I have some optimism for Retribution, mostly because of how strong uh, Ali is trying to carry them. Uh, he's He deserves uh, an award for how much he's been carrying them on his back. Okay, I'll, I'll give him that. Because hey, you can tell that Ali cares. He really gives a shit um, from the way that he writes those promos and the way that he delivers them online and on whatever TV time that he's able to get. But they're just not being put in a position to succeed. Yeah, they're not. But um, they're also not failing that much right now. So parang parang nilagay okay. sa tamang puesto si Retribution right now. So... Even after they should have won their first yeah, big few. Yeah, yeah. But 
if you if you would uh, notice right now, if you would observe, they're also not losing at the moment. So if they are on some road to redemption, they're doing not bad. Buti sana if it's against uh, you know someone who means something. They're just dunking on Ricochet right now, and I'm sorry, I love Ricochet, but he also doesn't have really any credibility yeah. at the moment. Yeah, he doesn't, but it's not like Retribution is also losing this one. So uh, at least they're doing something right, even if it's tiny. All right. So yeah, uh, let's move on to our next category, which is the OMG moment of the year. It's made self-explanatory then. So uh, I'm going to start, and this is a pick that I'm sharing with Ro. It's Edge's return, bro. Who's it going to be? You think you know me? No, no way. You gotta be kidding me! The rated R superstar. Edge is here. There, there is no other moment for me as an Edge head. We were there at the viewing party, the skinny mics, the last one that we had for this godforsaken year, and I was tearing up. I was tearing up at like 9 a.m. at a bar in BGC because one of my favorite wrestlers had unretired. Uh, it was nice to see that the rumors were actually true and that for a few months in this year, Edge was actually an active wrestler again. Uh, well, he still is. He's just recovering from injury right now. Uh, the reason why this is so impactful is because we were all literally told, Edge himself also included, that the man would die or could die if he took another bump. And then he took another bump and he survived. So that is huge for me. Now, now, all of a sudden, Seth Rollins and Smith isn't that threatening anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> no, you're not, Seth. Calm down. You know you're not. My one duo, it actually goes out. The My Undertaker. time has come to let The Undertaker rest in Now, it's worth noting that the man, known as The Undertaker, actually hung his coat and hat up for the very last time this year during Survivor Series. But the build-up to that has been very, very long. He's done all the press he could have done in the 30 or so years he's been known as The Undertaker. He's also done that incredible documentary called The Last Pride. If you think it's a rip-off, of the last dance, it is not. It is so much more than that. It is such a it's such a very heartrending experience to watch Mark Calloway transform himself into this icon that we know and love. And as a fan of wrestling from that era all the way till now, he's been the one constant in all of the WWE. And to see him say goodbye one last time, hopefully. To retire and live his life on his farm with his wife and his daughter is something that's it's it's memorable to me as a fan, and I feel like it deserves uh, recognition. All right, meron din tayong mga honorable mentions for OMG moment of the year, so we're gonna uh, give a shout out to the working relationship between Impact and AEW. Uh, we're also gonna shout out Roman Reigns' heel turn because it's led to this epic run so far. And evil turning on Naito and Lij to go on and win the double championships over in New Japan, all of which are are OMG moments in their own right. 
We've got more awards and more categories to talk about here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Year and Awards. But before we do that, let's uh, let you know about our friends from Mr. Speedy. And uh, if you want a an affordable same-day uh, delivery service that you can really rely on, Mr. Speedy has you covered. In fact, I actually sent, I was able to book a courier this week to get one last Christmas gift sent out. So big shout out to Mr. Speedy for that. The best part is, if you are a listener of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, we've got a very special offer for you if you use our promo code Wrestling Wrestling X Mr. Speedy. Again, that's the word wrestling put there two times. The letter X Mr. Speedy, M R S P E E D Y, and you'll get 50 pesos off your first order, your first delivery for Mr. Speedy via mrspeedy.ph or the app which you can get on the App Store, Google Play, and on Huawei Mobile Gallery. And this offer is available in Metro Manila, Cebu, and in nearby provinces. So go use our promo code WrestlingWrestlingXMrSpeedy to book a delivery right now. And now let's take a moment to hear from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Nasubukan mo na bang diligay ng suka ang uhaw na lumpia? Kapag ba ang palay naging bigas, ibig sabihin... May bumayo? Totoo bang pagdumikit, kumakapi? Tired of hidden messages? Listen to Quickie PH, a collection of Tagalog short stories for your listening pleasure. Makinig ka na! Promise, masarap habang mainit. Quickie PH, available on all major podcast platforms. Our next category here at the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Year End Awards is the wrestler to watch out for in 2021. So um, we usually assign this category for you mga wrestlers that are primed for a big run in the following year. So for context, in last year's Year End Awards, we gave the wrestler to watch out for spot to Angel Garza and to Chris Statlander. So <laughs> Jesus in Christ. retrospect... Um, <laughs> We are experts uh, in the we're, we're so good at predicting uh, we're on the same level as Master Hands for 2020. To be, to be fair, Angel Garza looked like he could have been onto something. And this it's not Chris Statlander's fault she got injured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, these okay, things so, happen. So let's call our shot for 2021. And I hope now we don't blow it because I really like this. I really like this roster we've got. So my pick is Kyle O'Reilly. And we kind of saw this coming from a mile away given that they've been pushing him as the next champion to come out of the Undisputed Era. So please, wrestling gods, please don't let Kyle O'Reilly get sidelined for 2021. <laughs> Mine is Raquel Gonzalez for reasons we've already mentioned on this show uh, and previous coverage of NXT. She's really good. Like, she is super great. And I think... Um, if not like the women's champion, I don't think she's gonna be the women's champion next year. But I think she will have a bigger role in the NXT women's division by this time next year. Female Batista. All right, my wrestler to watch out for is actually Keith Lee. Now it's interesting because it's taken them a while to get Keith Lee right on the main roster, and I'm not saying that they have gotten him right. There are still some tweaks. But you see them laying the groundwork for him getting one of the major pushes in terms of big men in the wrestling world. Now he's being placed up right beside the world heavyweight champion. 
They finally fixed his music. Um, they given him actually good, decent gear now. Right? So they're, they're getting there with him. And I feel like oh, the sky's the limit with uh, the All limit. right. So those are our wrestlers to watch out for for 2021. Our next category is Promo of the Year. This is very close to my heart. I love promos. So I, I actually had a list of yung mga uh, front runners ko for Promo of the Year. And right up until recording, I hadn't made a pick. Uh, but I'm probably going to give my Promo of the Year award to Jay Uso and Roman Reigns on the SmackDown Go Home show before Clash of Champions. Yung which one are you? There goes the big dog. There goes Roman Reigns. There goes Mr. Main Event, Mr. WrestleMania. You know what they say when they see meals? Which one are you? That really hit close to home for a lot of people. Um, and it, uh, it was very emotional. And the best part of that wasn't just your emotional performance ni Jay, but how Roman was able to toggle between very smug and stoic and entitled and then out of nowhere, he hit Jay with a Superman punch and he just went psycho on Jay right as SmackDown went off the air. Okay, uh, I really hate naming just one of these things the top award because uh, a, lot of, a lot of good things happened. But uh, if I were to single one out, it would be the confrontation that Eddie Kingston and um, John Moxley had. I think it was... Uh, I think it was the dynamite right before full gear. You think this is a game, John? You think this is a game? I'm going to destroy you Saturday. You understand that? On the 7th, I'm going to ruin you. And I'm going to take that championship. I'm going to hand it to my mother. And I'm going to tell her, Ma, the reason why you don't have a grandchild is because of this. The reason why I didn't give you a daughter-in-law is because of this. Because this is all that matters in our sport. No other championship means that much. Only this championship, and you're holding it. So I gotta take you out. I had to sell out. I had to become everything I hated. It's too late for me, John. You ain't saving nobody. And I'm taking that championship from you. But so the one uh, in which Eddie Kingston says he told his mama not to expect any grandchildren because he was he was focused on becoming world champion. That was a really good promo. But my promo of the year actually also goes out to AEW and his time on the lighter side of things, not as heavy as Eddie Kingston talking about his wrestling passion. It's actually the dinner debonair. And while we are swinging. We'll drop in a Chili's, hey, Young Bucks, screw you. We'll beat up a Moxley, whatever we do. Yeah, life is gonna be we want we Oh, my shadow and me. Which became the talk of the wrestling world. Uh, because Chris Jericho can actually sing and dance uh, some, something that isn't metal. <laughs> and MJF can right. also do the same, apparently. <laughs> well, the singing part was lip sync. But the whole thing was just, it was really entertaining and amusing and, and very weird and left handed. So 
I, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people were talking about it because, oh, uh, MJF can sing pala or Jericho can sing anything other than metal. It was really how out of left field it was and how some people argued that there's no place for Dinner Debonair in AEW or no place for it in wrestling. So yeah, that became an entire conversation all on its own. Uh, let's mention some of the other frontrunners we had on the list for promo of the year. Uh, I put in a couple of Edge promos. So one right uh, in the first episode of the Empty Arena era uh, when he challenged Randy Orton to the last man standing match. Because for me, it really changed the games uh, promos in the in, in the COVID time. Na wrestlers were forced to really make eye contact with the camera ng, ng close-up. And before that... Sobrang sanay pa sila dun sa standard promo style kahit na walang audience. So that really forced people to change things. Um, the, the cinematic aspect of Edge's You Woke Up the Rated R Superstar promo was also really good. Very underrated. I loved how visual it was even with how Edge's face, half of it was shrouded in darkness and the other half was uh, shining a light on it or had, had a light shining on it. Uh, you also had AJ Styles calling out Michelle McCool on the last live Raw in front of actual people. Um, that was for the Boneyard match. Eddie Kingston's debut promo on AEW also deserves props uh, because of how he was able to establish his character in just two minutes and immediately make people care about him. So there, those are our uh, promos of the year. Okay, for manager of the year, uh, some of um, the, the one front runner that did not ultimately get picked was Zelina Vega, who's been fired. Uh, so shout out to Zelina Vega, um, who had a great run in WWE. Um, despite the fact that it, it really just did not come to an end in the best way possible. Uh, my pick for manager of the year has to be MVP. I've got a lot of love for the Hurt Business and everything he's done to elevate Cedric Alexander most especially, to make Shelton Benjamin relevant again, to make us care about Bobby Lashley. And they've, they've really um, done a good job of collecting the belts on Raw. So I'm glad that we're ending Raw on this note Nah. Uh, the Hurt Business has the United States and Raw Tag Team Championship. So congratulations to MVP. All right. My manager of the year, it's going to be a fun pick. It's Don Callis. Major Nato, Major Nato, because recently he's a manager, right? But imagine what, I mean, look at what he did in uh, those, in the past three weeks, I believe, three weeks ago. Not only did he kind of guide Kenny Omega to the world championship but he also revitalized impact wrestling whether he intended to or not Shepard, he, behind the scenes he really intended to so that to me uh, makes for a really really business savvy manager my pick for manager of the year actually goes out to jake roberts now we've said all that we can say about how inconsistent aew booking has been however it's not really his fault because every time Jake Roberts is handed a microphone, it's been gold. All throughout, it's been gold. It's been so gold that a monster like Lance Archer doesn't even have to say anything. He just goes out and kills people. Right? And granted, that's what you expect from somebody like Lance Archer. But he also needs somebody to explain the motives behind his actions. And Jake Roberts is exactly that person. He is a master in psychology. He is a master in promo work. And every time you watch him cut a promo, it's just Yeah, the Cody Caesar promo is grade A. Let's get to the next one. Tag Team of the Year. Ito obvious, uh, very straightforward din to. And we all have different picks for this one. So I'd like to see uh, your your respective explanations. 
I'm gonna start because ladies first, and my tag team of the year is the Golden Role Models. They actually had a very compelling story that lasted a little over a year, and we saw how they went from teaming back up late last year to dominating the women's all women's divisions, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, to the eventual breakup and how it really led up to a fantastic Hell in a Cell match. So Sasha and Bailey really deserve props for that. My pick is actually from the AEW side of things, and it goes out to FTR. Now, when they left the WWE, it's been big news. It made the headlines all around the wrestling world, and people wondered if they were indeed heading over to AEW. Turns out that they did. The hype involving FTR and the Young Bucks, even before when they were known as the Revival, Revival, rather, has been so peaked that everybody was at the edge of their seats waiting for this to happen. And when it finally did, and they finally won the big one and then lost it to the Young Bucks, I, I think people were very, I was satisfied as a fan of FTR. So I feel like they, 2020 was very much... Okay, there. mine is a bit of a... I think it's a controversial pick, I think. Um, I don't think anyone else had this on their bingo card. But my tag team of the year is the Street Profits. No matter what you feel about them, the record stands that they have been champions since March, I believe, or February. Uh, they have been oddly consistent on both the mic and in the ring. Uh, somehow they've managed to stave away any injuries. I'm sure they're kind of hurt right now, especially with the way uh, Montez Ford goes all out in his matches. But uh, so super underrated, I think, because uh, they are not on the level of a New Day or a Young Bucks even. So if anyone really stayed consistent and uh, really good looking on paper, it's the Street Profits. All right. Let's get the theme song of the year. So theme song of the year uh, basically encompasses yung mga songs that only became themes this year. Uh, so it, it could have been a song that has been existing for quite some time, pero kung this year lang siyang ginamit as a theme, then it counts for this year. So my pick for theme of the year is the new Raw opening theme song, The Search by NF. also shown it a lot of love on previous episodes of the podcast and I'm a huge fan of the song in itself. Uh, loved it even before Raw used it so imagine how much I really marked out for it when Raw finally did. I actually just put down the Hurt Business theme song. Because that was the first thing I heard when I was looking at this. But in truth, I don't even remember what theme songs came out <laughs> yes. this year. So maybe that's why it became my automatic pick. Very few then, very few. Uh, not as many releases as well on Spotify because they stopped their uh, they stopped their partnership with CFO Dollar Sign. Hindi lang yun. Hindi rin nila release yung full themes after it drops on TV. So yeah, um, because we can't hear them in full and in isolation from yung crowd noise and and whatever. Ang hirap ding judge. Like I really want to include the new Big E theme, but I I just haven't heard it in full. Yeah, uh, my pick is the new heel theme of Kenny Omega. I think the intro part lang is the new part. 
Yes, that's correct. Um, you know, uh, the, the rest of the themes are pretty much the same. Of the theme, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that new part, that new '80s inspired uh, part of the theme, really sticks to you, especially when you consider that Kenny has a new character. I, I wish there was a way that we could award you North Carolina bit because that running joke is the best. But the theme, yeah, it's a good tweet though. Gimmick of the year. Yeah, uh, we, we should, no? Uh, in, in future um, editions of the year-end awards. We're taking one last break from the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast year-end awards so we can tell you about Shopee and how they've also got an affiliate link for us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Sabi nga namin, but the best Christmas gift that you can give us here on the pod is to use our affiliate link right before you click checkout. So please keep this URL in mind tinyurl.com slash wwpxshopee again that is tinyurl.com slash wwpxshopee that takes you straight to the site or to the app where you can check out your items and as always every checkout and every item that gets delivered to you will give us a small commission to keep the ship running so again uh, pa Christmas gift na sa amin to, please use our Shopee affiliate link tinyurl.com slash And now, another quick word from Arica Podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hi, I'm RJ Desma. Get inside the heads of the country's sharpest and most innovative business personalities and entrepreneurs. Hack your way to success as you learn more about how they think about business. What are their best practices and success secrets? How do they innovate their businesses during the pandemic? And what opportunities do they see in the new normal? Join me on the RG Ledesma podcast. We are down to our last four awards. So, ito yung big ones talaga, the big four. So, let's present the award for story of the year. And for us here, well, we're not talking about the band, number one. And number two, um, we have a unanimous pick. I think this is our first and only one for the year-end awards. No, no, dalawa pala. Dalawa yung unanimous picks natin. So, this is um, our first unanimous pick. And this one goes to Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. Nothing more needs to be said about this. I mean, like, we've talked about this so, so many times, right? Parang, what, what else is there to add? <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you should go check it out. Like, over, if there is some sort of recap that you can follow. But for those who have already seen it, uh, there's nothing that needs to be explained. Yeah, wala rin akong ibang maisip na, na runner-up to this, eh, other than, say, the rise and the fall of the Golden Role Models. I don't think that there really was any other story. Yeah. I don't think any other story in or out of the WWE even comes close. Eh? Like, I don't know if, if anything from AEW side of things actually compares to such a well-thought-out character arc that is Roman Reigns' current persona. Yeah, so congratulations to Roman Reigns and to Jey Uso and to Paul Heyman, who are probably the three biggest players in that big story, which is still ongoing, by the way. Next category is Female Wrestler of the Year. And for this one, split commit to one. So Chino and I actually had the same pick, and we're giving the award to Bailey. 
Why, why is Bailey your pick? Bailey has out of the four horsewomen in the WWE, the four who've gotten the most pushes. I feel like Bailey's been, been the biggest sleeper among them. She's very subdued in the way she's won her titles and the reigns that she's had. And it's as a fan of Bailey, she's always been portrayed as the underdog, but she really isn't an underdog. She was the first Grand Slam winner. She she has held the title on SmackDown for the longest. So the fact that she keeps attacking things with a chip on her shoulder, it's very captivating to me. Just, it, it makes you want to know more about her, about why she feels like she's still an underdog up to this point. And in a sense, it makes her turning on Sasha even more uh, captivating because really after all this time, she still wants more more than what she's already had and it makes you cling to the story. I think the biggest reason why Bailey deserves this award over any other wrestler is how she really proved how she can be consistent as a heel after being a career babyface. Now, I don't know anything about her career pre-WWE, but from the moment she debuted on NXT, um, it was so hard to imagine this bubbly, lovable um, fan, just someone who was happy to be there being this really brutal, entitled, arrogant um, uh, woman that she became. Talagang nag-grow up siya in this role. And she made us care about the tag team division. She made us care about the SmackDown Women's Championship. She made us care about Sasha Banks all over again. So, good job talaga kay Bailey. And I think that this was her year. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely don't disagree with that. I just want to go a different way here because I think she should also be praised. Io Shirai is my female wrestler of the year. Mostly because, again, like Bailey, she has been consistent. But I would also dare to argue that Io has been better. And because she is the better wrestler, then. Um, she has made so many people look good on NXT, and uh, while hindi siya kasing haba ng title reign, uh, she has become pretty much the face of the of the NXT Women's Division. Hard to believe that this year lang naging Women's Champion si Io Shirai, right? Yeah, uh, it has been a long year. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually thought na second reign niya na or that she'd won it sometime last year but no she only won it this year at um yung, yung triple threat against uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Okay, our next category is our penultimate one and this one goes to the male wrestler of the year. And ito unanimous na naman tayo. It's Roman Reigns. Yeah. Really good career turnaround there. Uh, same reasoning as to why you guys picked Bailey. Uh, we didn't know, but we also kind of knew that he had that asshole streak right within him waiting to be tapped. So the fact that he really made it work and really got us all to buy into the fact that he is the head of the table, the tribal chief. Your tribal uh, chief. Your Our tribal chief. He is even the head of my table. <laughs> I'm going to say nah, it's not like Bailey's in that Whenever Roman would cut a promo as a face, you already saw that he had shades of douchey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was, it was there, but he still tried to pass it off 
as being Mr. Nice Guy, as being a guy that everybody likes, diba? And when he doubled down on the fact that he's not likable, and when you see him, likability is the last thing you think of, and you see this dominating alpha person in front of you, it actually just made everything a lot more yeah. Does Roman Reigns deserve to have points get knocked off for having been absent for what one fourth of the year? No, no, no. I don't. I wouldn't say so. Our argument ko is that he doesn't because if he doesn't go away, we don't get this shocking return. Like the heel turn doesn't yeah. work as well if Roman Reigns doesn't go away because he himself one wanted to protect himself, two wanted to pr- protect his family, and three didn't want to die of COVID. Yeah, exactly. Why would I? Why would I knock off uh, points for someone wanting to do the right thing? About. Yeah, so congratulations to Roman Reigns, our head of the table, our tribal chief, our male wrestler of the year, and a legit draw for the company. As in, talagang lahat ng tao tutok sa kanya. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's yep. instantly the uh, most must-see guy in WWE. Okay, here we go. Dito tayo magkakatalo. Match of the year. Huh. <laughs> it's so hard to give these highest honors to just one match. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that even though it's been such a weird year, it doesn't mean we, it doesn't mean we did not get good wrestling. Um, so, okay. Um, I'm going to start with my pick for match of the year. And this one just really plays to my tastes as someone who loves meta humor. So I'm picking the Firefly Funhouse match from WrestleMania 36 because this was when the cinematic match really went full COVID. Talagang naging uh, we basically were taken into a bizarro version of John Cena's career arc like a weird and twisted this is your life uh, played out I love how weird it was I love how it really played the strengths ni Bray Wyatt as a storyteller and how it maximized the John Cena material that they had and it worked very well against the backdrop of no fans. Keep in mind, no WrestleMania 36, there were no fans. So there really was no point for me in trying to get super attached to any barn burner, kite na Edge versus Randy Orton payon, because there were no fans to bring energy into it. And this cinematic match really it didn't depend on the existence of fans. So that's another thing it had going for it. And that's why for me it really symbolized 2020 and this wackadoo year that we've all had. Okay, uh, I'll go next. Uh, it's all the way from Wrestle Kingdom 14, night two, uh, from this January. Uh, Naito versus Okada for the double golds. Um, NJPW is the benchmark paren, for good wrestling. Like, uh, even though you can say that it's two different styles between NJPW and American wrestling, uh, the fact is these guys go all out on a whole other level to the point that Kenny Omega even had to uh, take a break. That's why he left. He wanted to take a break from how, uh, from how many bangers he's been putting out as part of the NJPW main event scene. So uh, when you consider good wrestling, it's always, uh, it should be always in the context of um, Japan. And Naito versus Okada was a dream come true for many fans. Uh, and that uh, story behind it added to so much drama. And the drama is always what makes wrestling matches even more compelling and interesting. So if you are looking for something satisfying to sink your teeth into, uh, look no further than Tetsuya Naito versus Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Of course, not to say that 
other matches did not deserve these honors. But, you know, we'll talk about that in our honorable mentions. My pick is actually a little a little under the radar here. And it actually goes out to Walter versus Ilya Dragunov on NXT UK. Now, I said at the top of these awards that NXT UK was the company nobody expected to be going strong, let alone be around in 2020. That said, had they not made a comeback, we would not have gotten such a bagger of a match. Just the sheer brutality in it has, is something that hasn't been seen in quite some time. And they didn't even have a cage. They didn't need a war game stipulation. These were just two men going at it, beat on beat brutality for a, a good 20 or 30 minutes. But at the end of the day, oh my God, what a feast of a fight. And it just, it sticks to me to this day. To this day, we haven't seen Walter or Ilya no, we already back. No, Walter's already back. Yeah, Walter's back. Walter's back. Yeah, he's already back as well. My God, the amount of punishment these two have taken makes you understand why they took about two months off from NXT UK. Because it was just so next level, and it was it was a successful transition of a of a matchup that people have seen in the Indies on the larger WWE. Stage, right? So it's just it deserves all the props. Alright. So yung honorable mentions natin for match of the year. I'm gonna start off with a match na literally ngayon ko lang naalalang i include, and that was the parking lot for all between the best friends and Santana and Ortiz. That was a five-star match according to Dave Meltzer, but uh, who cares what Meltzer thinks? I enjoy that match. I really love it. Um hey, his his mom just died. What the hell? No, sorry. <laughs> Uh, rest in power to Mama Melter. Uh, but yeah, um, um, best friends and the proud and the powerful. Ah, really I thought they were going to die. I was like, what the fuck? They were going to die. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it was a feud that I felt went on a little too long, but I was like, because that match is really good. Uh, you also have the Boneyard match from WrestleMania 36. It was the Undertaker's retirement match, and we didn't know it. But apparently, Taker had known it, and he handpicked AJ Styles. He actually explained everything in The Last Ride. And it was also apparently the WWE farewell of the Good Brothers. Uh, other items on our um, honorable mentions list, you have uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor from NXT TakeOver 30. Uh it's like Walter versus Ilya Dragunov light in terms of the brutality. Uh, you also have the Stadium Stampede match and the Mimosa Mayhem match from AEW. Did I miss out on anything? Marame. Well, to be fair, uh, if people were to listen to this, they would chime in with their own responses of match of the year. So it's just uh, it's just proof that we can never really encapsulate uh, this honor to just one match in a subjective sport such as this. Yeah, it's also a matter of taste, really. So there. Um, before we formally close the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Year and Awards, uh, I just want to uh, acknowledge the fact that we didn't acknowledge anything from the local scene in 2020 uh, because it's kind of weird that um, here in the Philippines, right, everything shut down by mid-March. So we didn't really have any live wrestling locally uh, after February, number one. Um, so number two, uh, it was really just PWR and I think a couple of shows from WUW uh, that really went down in the local scene. So it, it's kind of hard to encapsulate the year in local wrestling based on such a limited sample size. And 
you know, acknowledge Koren that uh, Rowan and I did leave PWR. That that also happened in 2020. Uh, so yeah, um, we don't know where local wrestling goes from here. To be very honest with you. Well, it depends on, on you know how the government <laughs> handles everything. That's pretty much what we're all waiting yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's why there's so much uncertainty. Uh, we we're just waiting for for everything to um, you know have have its fallout. So up until that happens, it's gonna be a while until we talk about local wrestling again, and that's really the biggest reason why we're unable to have a local category. For each of the awards in the year-end awards, so there, I uh, just had to get uh, get that out there to make sure that everything is covered. Um, before we end the year-end awards episode, though, is there anything else that uh, th- that slipped through the wayside? Parang wala na, no? I think we've covered it. I think with all the awards and non-awards that we've thrown out there, this pretty much covers 2020. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. Let's wrap it up by saying that. 2020 has been the darkest timeline. Just a weird year. Can't wait for it to be over. Uh, the the problem is the problem with 2020 is that even if it when it does uh, finally become over, we don't even know if the the carnage will stop there. That's how much damage this year has brought yeah, on all of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Like the virus is gonna it, go away just because the clock strikes 12 on the 30th. You're right. Exactly. Right. It's, it's tough. It. It's it's really tough to say, uh, it's really tough to say that okay, uh, the year is ending, everything's gonna be better, but it's it really is not gonna be that way. It, it probably won't. I think it's just really symbolic for a lot of us. Nah, so okay, let's put this year behind us. Uh, let's try to find some form of hope. But it's kind of like religion. Nah, you find whatever uh, whatever you can cling on to just to have some some sense of hope. Because we're all trying to keep ourselves sane hindi, and right in the head. Kaya already drew back in 2020. That was just a stupid WWE video. So yeah. that's not really going to happen. In reality, there's uh, <laughs> death, taxes, and change. So we're going to have to deal with that shit come 2021. So um, you know, while, while all of that plays out, we just got to say thank you again to everybody who's really stuck it out with us, to the patrons most especially for uh, joining us um, on this next chapter of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast to everybody who was just a huge part of um, you know supporting the podcast through our interviews the guests that we were able to contact like holy shit we talked to Thunder Rosa and Robbie Eagles and um, Jake Cuenca and Bam Aquino all in the span of one year I didn't think that could happen um, Edgar uh, Itchy Worms Itchy Worms were also a part of this year so many names. Yeah. Well, we caught up with Robbie Eagles in the same year. Yeah, even even the fact now we were able to uh, make a weekly routine out of the live streams. Right. The, um, All the people top- who joined us on Kubo are also a big part of our success. Yeah, right? yeah. Like All your halo halos. That's right. That's your right. Caballos, your lechons, your hellos. All the gifts you sent our way. All the likes. All of you commenting on all our posts. Thank you so much. For joining us on 2020. Yeah, we yeah. we didn't expect any of that stuff to happen, but uh, it did. So, kait papano, there's still something to be thankful for. Like 2020 was shitty, but it wasn't 100 percent um, horrible because of you guys and because of everything we got to experience together. So, my wish for 2021 is tulilang ligaya. Whatever positives we got, I hope we get to do it all over again, and that we get to do it twofold, threefold, fourfold. Um, so we're looking forward to producing more episodes of the podcast for you guys and we hope that 
as we said in the last live stream na you're in on uh, you're part of the ride part of this journey with us paren as we head towards this uncharted territory so with yep. that being said thank you once again to everybody most especially to Babyface producers Nikai and Sola and the Podcast Network Asia team I want to thank you guys Ro and Chino for sticking it out and uh, you know not giving up on 2020 with me and you know just uh, <laughs> gutting out whatever we could gut out and squeeze out of our asses for this podcast it was close though it was pretty close <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again to everybody and you know what uh, thank you to Kamos because yes. he's still part of the I podcast I was gonna say that yes, thank that's you to Kamos to send us a special shout out to him he was still yeah. very much a part of this podcast. He is a reason why I am a part of this podcast as well. So without mm-hmm. without Camus, this uh, trio of ours wouldn't even be a thing. Uh, so yeah. thank you to him. Absolutely. So um, yeah, thanks to everybody. Uh, we're going to be formally closing the book on this year in wrestling. And we just hope that nothing big happens between now and whenever we record next, which is probably right <sighs> after Wrestle Kingdom 15. Yep, yep, that's yeah. true. Big Sabine, so, yeah, but the champion is Goldberg. Yeah. God no, please no. So let's end the podcast now. Thanks again, everybody. Happy New Year. On behalf of Romoran and Chino Liao, my name is Stancy, and we will see you on the other side in the new calendar year. Peace out. Peace, peace. Happy New Year. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.